Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think it's possible to overstate the extent to which the music one listens to actually has an effect on the music you write. You could take some portions of the song and be like, hey, this could remind me of this certain situation or this situation. That's when an artist can stay true to themselves with being honest with their lyrics. I feel like that's my favorite part of songwriting is being able to look back and really understand how I was feeling and you know what my perspective was on different events in my life. Hey everybody, what's up, what's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David, I'll be your host and lovely guide. Well, Vince Palmieri dropped his newest single, Intoxicated, today, but it's just a taste of what this talented artist is capable of. I sat down with Vince to talk about his humble beginnings, big move, and musical aspirations. Then later in the show, we'll hear from Jaden Westlin, who likes performing for her local Cape Cod community, but loves writing. We'll hear more about her future aspirations as well. Vince, thank you so much for coming on. I wanted to say I found your music first on TikTok. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that yet. So congratulations, oh, no. your TikTok is working out <laughs> for you. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I love to hear that because I've been on there for, you know, for what feels like forever now. And it's like, that's all anybody tells me. It has to be on TikTok and you have to be popping off on TikTok. So I'm glad to see some people are finally finding me on there. So thank you. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it links to everything else. Like it links to your yeah. Spotify, your Instagram, your website, things like that. There's something that mm-hmm. we just kind of touched upon to you getting clout. So, you know, it's important to get right. those links in there, you know. <laughs> got it. You got to make yourself accessible, you know. Yeah. That's what's like something I'm curious, what's something you've kind of been doing to kind of get your like fan base going or get more exposure? Because like I mentioned, you have a couple channels and you actually have a YouTube too that I saw. So where do you mm-hmm. see yourself devoting like a lot of your energy? Um, I, I'd say it's pretty across the board. Like I really... um. I try to like kind of keep as much like I hate this I hate this word but I guess content like I try to just keep pushing as much stuff out through those channels as possible um as far as YouTube goes I haven't I don't think I've done a video for I think the last video I did was like January 2021 so it's been a minute on the videos um but I've kind of been intentionally scaling back with those a little bit because they are fairly costly um and at this point in my career right now, I really want to focus on just making really, really great music. 
and music that resonates and it sounds good and it's really well produced. Um, and then, you know, kind of dip back into the videos because I was doing a lot of videos there for a minute and um, it wasn't necessarily reaching the audience I wanted it to. So I was like, you know what, let me just, let me just get back to square one and just put the music first. And then if the music's good enough, it'll go on its own and then we'll revisit the whole video thing, so. Yeah, totally. And I'm curious too, because I was reading your bio before we got on and it said that you are anticipating putting out a lot more music in 2022. And I saw you put out a single not that long ago. I think it was um, 332, was it? Yep, that was in January. Yep, and then you got something else coming out soon. By the time this probably is released, it'll be after the fact. So do you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your new single that's out? Uh, yeah, so three, or are you talking about 332 or the one that's coming out? We'll talk about both of them because they're both good. Okay, yeah, well, 332 um, was a song. I, a lot of the stuff I released, it's on like a, I guess like a delayed schedule, like nothing I write about with the exception of a few songs is really like about what I'm presently going through or stuff that I'm presently experiencing. It always takes a minute to kind of sit on it, digest the experience, write about the experience, record Mm. it, produce it, yada, yada. But um, 332 was a ballad I wrote um, over a year ago at this point. Um, My producer just sent me like a, and how a lot of my songs start is kind of just like a stripped down chord progression with either guitar or piano and it's just a couple chords and it's a vibe and there's really nothing else and he sent me this chord progression out of the blue one day when I was at work and he's like hey I just wrote this you know little piano ballad what do you think can you write something to it and um something about it just kind of resonated with me a lot yeah and um I kind of started drawing upon this experience I had it was a breakup from probably like four or five years ago at this point um and I was like you know I haven't done a ballad in a minute I haven't done a really sad song in a minute and if you listen to a lot of my catalog I don't do a lot of that stuff yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) let me just take a shot so I wrote I think I wrote the whole song in like 30 minutes on like a lunch break it was like one of those times when it really just came out yeah um and I recorded a little demo and sent it back to him I was like what do you think um and this is when I was still in New York right um and I sent it to my guy, Benny, out here. And he's like, oh, my God, I love this. He's like, we got to finish this. And I was like, not right, if you say so. So um, I had a few other things ready to go for last summer that were more upbeat and that fit the season more. So I yeah. put it on the back burner for a bit. Um, and then I finally went in and re- recorded it, like, last fall. And then we mixed it here when I finally got to L.A. Um, yeah. And it's definitely, it definitely became one of my favorites very quickly of mm-hmm. mine. Um, and usually... I gravitate towards more upbeat stuff in general, but um, I just think it all fell together in such a nice way. And yeah. it was kind of like our idea from the start to kind of drop it out for the first half and make it just a true ballad with some, you know, we kind of gave it like a updated sound with those synths and uh, then brought in the drums on the second half and made it kind of like this retro 80s, like Phil Collins type thing, which I really yeah. loved. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's that classic, like, pop power ballad that you're not hearing too much of these days so we're really really happy with how that one turned out and i'm glad it's like resonating with so many people right now on spotify yeah Yeah. and do you think like you kind of mentioned not hearing a lot of that type of stuff like on the radio or in the pop spectrum right now is that a reason why you kind of wanted to make it that turn and to turn to more i guess like deeper like vulnerable stuff because like you said your catalog is pretty like upbeat like very like pop wavy like that kind of vibe 
So is that like what you're thinking of going towards because you're not seeing a lot of that right now? Um, that's always a tough question because like I, you know, I'm, I'm not as uh, like, I guess, hip as I used to be when it comes to like what's trendy on the radio, but I'm still in, I'm in tune with it and I hear what's going on. Um, and I, I never like, when I'm going into write or I'm picking like instrumentals or I'm writing, you know, on my guitar, like I'm never trying to reference something that's going on right now where I'm trying to be like, oh, we should make it sound like that uh, Post Malone song or uh, Kid Leroy or whoever, you know, like I'm really, I appreciate what everybody's doing, but I really, I think the most effective thing you can do is kind of just carve out your own lane yeah. and make the stuff you want to make and create the sound you want to have. So um, yeah, to answer your question, I, I really, I don't really pay attention that much to what's going on and I kind of just make stuff and um, when it feels right, it feels right. I put it out. So That's well said. Sometimes you got to block out all the noise just to make your own. Yeah. And you know what? I think, um, you know, there's one thing to be said about like jumping on trends and like, you know, following, I guess, what's going on. And that's certainly one way to get a hit and get some notoriety. But I think a lot of times those artists kind of, they come and go and burn out really quick. So I think the best way for me to stand out and my, some of my favorite artists have stood out by doing things that are different. So I kind of want to just like do something that's not really happening right now and hope it catches some people's ears. Yeah, totally. What about your other song, 23? So 23 um, was actually one that I wrote fairly recently. Um, I started, when I got out here, I started working with um, this producer at Universal. His name's Teddy. He's super dope, super talented. And um, as soon as we met, we kind of just clicked. We're very much on the same page when it comes to like style and, and production and what the kind of things we want to bring back in pop and the kind of mm. like where we want to take the genre. And he kind of, you know, he's more than just somebody I'm working with. He kind of wants to rise up and come up with me, which is what I wanted to hear, to be honest with you. Um, so we got in the studio back in like November and we've just been writing, writing, writing. And we've probably written like 12 or 13 songs and we're going to pick the best six of them to start putting out. Um, And we've got a few that are more dancey. There's like some disco feels in there. There's some more straight down the middle pop stuff. There's more of like a, like a darker rock tune in there. And um, we thought we had the first single picked out, which would have been the one that I'm putting out on Friday, this Friday. But then um, I kind of just found myself in a weird place where I was, um, kind of questioning my relationship with someone and questioning, um, you know, should I stay, should I go type thing. And um, the, the feeling, the overarching feeling of what it was, was that it didn't feel like it used to, you know? And I was like, that's kind of an interesting sentiment um, that I haven't heard necessarily in a song. I don't know if I haven't heard it. It might've been done before, but I couldn't think of an example. And I just kept um, hearing this line in my head that was like, I wish I could love you like I did at 23. And that's kind of the whole punchline tagline of the song. Um, And that's what the whole thing structures around. So it starts off as this kind of like, again, similar to 332. It's like this melancholy, just stripped out ballady feel with just the guitar, but it's, um, it's a little more upbeat. And then it eventually kind of builds and builds and builds and kind of explodes into this huge pop rock moment that I, that I just love because I love rock music and I love pop. So I kind of combine the two. Um, 
and it's just this, yeah, it's this very, it's not, it's not a happy song by any means. It's very, very sad lyrically, but it explodes in a way that's still really fun and you can still crank it and, you know, feel good blasting in your car. So um, again, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a more vulnerable me than you would see typically on a lot of my records, but I'm excited to put it out. Cause I do think, I do think it's one of my better songs that I've, that I've done in a while. So, so that's coming out this Friday. Day yeah. That's awesome. Congrats, man. That's a big deal for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what are some of your, or who are some of your like greatest inspirations? Would you say, because you mentioned pop, mentioned rock you mentioned like artists that kind of carve out their own lane that could be anyone so i gotta mm-hmm. hear some names yeah um i guess like classical influences would be like um you know i grew up in a very musical household mm. um my dad my dad was in a band since the time i was born so i grew up around a lot of like just um he, you know he sang he played piano he played guitar um and it was just a constant thing so i really was influenced from like a young age like three four or five with like um you know, like old Stevie Wonder, um, Paul McCartney, Elton John, um, Prince, stuff like that. Um, and then around like the turn of the century, like 2000s, um, I started really like lashing out of like a lot of that mainstream pop stuff, um, like Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, um, Black Eyed Peas, like stuff like that. And I kind of like, I think it dawned on me eventually, maybe when I was like 13 or 14, when I like, you know, figured out how to like look stuff up and google things and it became apparent to me that there was kind of one guy at the center of all of these hits and all these artists that were really great um by the name of max martin and Mm. i don't know if you know who max is but he's a uh, super famous producer writer he's pretty much like curated the radio for the last 20 years like behind the (laughs) scenes because he does he's not an artist he writes and he produces all the songs that, that we all know and love um and I just became super obsessed with his style, with his writing, with his, um, with his influence, with his like approach to writing melodies and lyrics and structure. Um, mm. Cause he's so, he's so methodical and mathematical with it, but in a way that always feels fresh and cool. Um, and he's, you know, he's managed to stay relevant since like the late nineties up until, you know, he's, he's got hits on the radio um, in present day. So yeah. And um, he's he's touched every every major artist from like you know like the Bachelor Boys, Britney Spears to like The Weeknd, Bruno Mars, Katy Perry, Maroon Five. Like he's done he's done all those mega mega hits. So um, as far as like the biggest modern influences, I'd say he's probably probably at the top for me. I think he's yeah. just incredibly talented, and uh, mm-hmm. he's like a once once in a lifetime kind of dude. So I really I look up to him a lot yeah that's really cool and you sound like you're trying to do everything he's doing like you said between the writing and the producing so you kind of have your hand in everything I assume right uh yeah I write I write all my music I write all the melodies the lyrics I do a lot of like the structure chord chord progression stuff like that I I won't sit here and say I produce all of it because I definitely don't (laughs) I I work with a lot of talented dudes um who I'm very fortunate to work with because you know music is a collaborative um it's a collaborative thing. And I think the more people you have on it, um, just the better it's going to turn out really. So, um, I'm fortunate to work with a lot of people who kind of share the same vision, who can kind of like keep me in check and and raise me up and, and, um, take the good ideas when they come and then, you know, respect enough to say, you know, maybe that's a bad idea. Let's not do that. And I think that's also just as important. So, 
Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not just producing all this stuff like single-handedly. I've got a lot of people like helping me out in my corner. Right. Yeah. What was that transition like? Cause you mentioned you're from New York and I think you're from like upstate New York or somewhere around there. And so you mm-hmm. moved to LA, I assume for music. What was that transition like? Um, I mean, it was, it was definitely, I, I won't say it was tough. Cause I've always been someone who's like welcome change and who's really, um, you know, I've never felt scared or intimidated. I, I definitely get excited by it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was definitely feeling kind of stale in New York. I was working the same job for four years. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of great friends. I had a good recording situation set up there where you know, I had a really good relationship with the studio manager and me and him. You know, he was vocal producing all the songs for me too. So we had a good thing going. And I had a band and everything, but um, I think COVID kind of just made everything feel stale and stalled out. And um, a lot of the producers who were mixing my songs were out here in LA. And they're like, dude, you gotta just, you gotta come out here. Like, this is where the opportunity is. This is where it's happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was doing, I was putting out music since early 2019. So I was doing it for a while from New York and my career just wasn't really taken off the way I wanted it to. So um, I was kind of just like, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. And it's kind of a now or never moment for me. So I was just, it was, it was fairly easy. I was kind of just like, you know what? If I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. So yeah. I just got up and did it. And um, it's been, you know, it's, there's been challenges, but there's, you know, for all the, the shady things that go on in LA, there's a lot of good people here too. There's a lot of really genuine people you just got to find. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good to hear. That's awesome. Would you say, um, I was looking back at your stuff too from like 2019, watched a couple of your videos, like listened to some of those early songs. I could sense like there's a bit of progression there. Like I can tell you've oh, yeah. made, like you've made, like you were just saying, like that kind of change or that lift off you needed. So where do you kind of see yourself going now that you've made the move, you've been there for some time, you got stuff coming out, like where do you really want to like go? Uh, hopefully to a major label deal pretty soon here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think what you said there is important is that like, I don't feel like I've been going backwards, which is mm. good. I feel like I've only been going up. Um, and yeah, my earlier stuff, like it definitely wasn't the most polished. It definitely, you know, I look back on it now and I'm like, Oh my God, like I, I would never like put something <laughs> out like that, you know, but I think yeah, yeah. there's a re- there's a reason I don't take it down. It's because of like exactly what you just said, like you can see the progression and you can see the work and you can see that like, you know, other people maybe who are just starting out can kind of see that like, you don't have to have it all together right in the beginning. You could kind of take your time with it. You could hone in your craft. You could hone in your writing, your singing. And, you know, a lot of the earlier stuff, like the production's really poor. It's not mixed very well. But, you know, there was always that one song that got me enough attention to get a better producer and to start working with better people and get more people involved. And that's, that's truly how it's happened every single time is like, somebody will reach out to me after hearing something and they'll be like, Hey, this was cool. Like, can I help you take it further? So that's kind of what I, that's what I keep. That's what I hope keeps happening is that we just keep leveling up until, until we're where we want to be. And then at that point you probably would do more music videos, I would think. Cause that was kind of how we opened up was like, yeah, that on hold yeah. for now. <laughs> like I said, like I loved, and the thing with the videos was I had a really I had a good thing going in New York too with this dude Cameron who uh, he's super talented um, and he's got his own company, his film company and everything. But I got hooked up with him through an old management 
deal I had in New York and he was fresh out of film school at the time. So he was kind of just looking to build up his portfolio. Um, so he, you know, we kind of like found each other at a time where I was like, all right, I've never done a video before. You really don't have much under your belt. Like, let's kind of just help each other out here. So he wasn't like charging me as much as one normally would to do videos. And because of that, we cranked out like, I did like eight videos with him in just over a year or something like that. Like there was, we did a lot of different things and we did a few acoustic videos with like some more remix videos that were a little bit more tongue in cheek. We did some serious stuff that was a little more sexy and like mature. We did like a Halloween themed video. Um, And, you know, every, it was great working with him because the videos really like, you know, I wrote most of the treatments for those and it really gave me an opportunity to like, creatively and visually give those songs a different kind of narrative that you might not get just from listening to it you know um yeah and everything I everything I threw at him he was like yeah let's just figure it out let's do it like we don't have a huge budget like (laughs) I don't you know I don't know which ones you watched but for um the most recent one criminal I like you know I recorded the song and then I was like I really want to debut this with a video and I was like the I was like the, the the song is very straightforward it's just a very like you know, kind of on the nose, like sex song, that, like the weekend or like Nick Jonas would put out. And I was like, what if we, what if we took like the title criminal and gave it this like 1920s, like yeah. flapper prohibition era twist mm-hmm. with like a great Gatsby aesthetic. It's like 50 shades of gray aesthetic. And I was like, I, do you think we can pull it off? Like, can we make it look like the twenties? He's like, yeah, I, <laughs> I got you. Let's do it. So yeah, that one, that one was like a day and a half shoot and um, really excited how that one turned out. So yeah, it was, it's a great it's a great time honestly i have a lot of fun doing them but yeah you know covid got crazy it just got too much and i, I didn't want to i wanted to divert my attention elsewhere so but hoping to pick that back up so well it showed because that was the video i watched and i said to myself damn this guy looks like he could really get into acting over here oh my gosh <laughs> right, not even thank you thank you though but that was one thing i was always like oh god I'm definitely I could sing but I definitely can't act so I don't know how this is gonna turn out but I'm I'm glad I fooled you thank you yeah no worries uh well you mentioned something too about like COVID and with things kind of picking up now I saw too you actually have a few shows maybe one or two coming up in the future is that like new for you in the sense like you're getting back at live shows um Yes and no. Like, um, you know, obviously during like the peak, peak of COVID, I didn't really do much. Like I did a few like live stream shows, but those were always, you know, kind of lame to me. Um, and then I, I started getting back into it last March when COVID was slightly letting up. Like I, me and my friend Rob did a few acoustic shows in New York. We were kind of just getting back out there in a small way. Um, and then I got the band back together briefly right before I came out here and we snuck like three shows, three full band shows in before I came out. Um, and then since then, yeah, I've kind of just been like in the studio a lot. So I haven't played a ton out here. The one I did do back in January was at the Viper room, which was, which was really cool. So that's like a venue that I've heard a lot about. And that was like my first show in LA. So um, I did the Viper room in January and then I've got uh, Madame Siam Hollywood that's coming up in weeks yeah three weeks i think so awesome it must feel good to be out like on stage and to interact do you ever like because you are just kind of starting out especially in the la scene but are you like getting like a good reception like are people coming up to you and saying they've heard your music before 
Not necessarily that because I, in, you know, that's not something I would expect at this time because I don't yeah. think my, my numbers are really that high on Spotify at the moment, yeah. but um, I'm definitely getting positive feedback after the shows, which is, which is always nice. And I'm, you know, getting people following me and, mm-hmm. and coming up and saying they had a good time. And that's, that's what, you know, really matters to me is because like, you know, recording and everything is great, but like it can feel tedious at times. And I really love performing and being live and being on stage. And that's something that I, you know, I really look forward to. So to see people reacting and having a good time and coming out and dancing is like, you know, that that's very, it's a great thing to see. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned too, you put out a bunch of singles between like, you know, like 2019, 2020, 2021, and you still got a bunch coming I noticed too, you did put out an album like back in 2019. Is that something you're like striving for again? Would you see yourself putting out like another album? Is that something you'd wait for like the label to sign you and then you're like debut, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing, yeah, that album was very much like me just getting my feet wet, you know, and just kind of figuring right. it out. Um, I, I'd say much like I did put out an EP back in, yeah, last year, about a year ago in 2021, I had an EP come out, which was like five songs, um, which really, you know, I was glad I did that because that felt like a cohesive body of work and it felt like it meant something. But uh, it, it, at the moment, I think I'm kind of just doing the singles thing and focusing on that because like, one, it's a little bit more cost effective, right? When you're just, you know, doing one song at a time each song gets a moment you can really make each song kind of shine and have its chance to kind of break through um versus putting it on an ep or an album where it might get lost because no one will hear it because it's on mm. you know it's like track seven or whatever right. um and i just think that's kind of what every i think that's what every artist at my level is kind of doing right now we're just kind of dropping the singles and, and waiting for the one to really take us over the top and then yeah once once the label's involved that's when you go into album mode and you put out a project so. right because you have like more of the backing you have more resources your marketing teams things yeah. like that you know yeah i mean you have to look at it from a business perspective as well it's like you know it costs money to to produce music and, and put music out so it's like why would you not you know why would you not push every single song you have out as a single you know mm. when you're at this level right right yeah totally what are some of the struggles that you've had though because like you're still like you're obviously like a one-man guy in the sense where like you're an independent artist like you're working on like a come up like what are some things that you've run into that have been like challenging for you um I think I think really just getting exposure I think Mm. that's you know it's the easiest thing and the hardest thing in this day and age because like you've got TikTok you've got Instagram and you know people make it seem like it's easy because every day you get on there and you, you see somebody else who's like you know, quote, blowing up or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, that the algorithm, which that's like another word I hate hearing about is algorithm because no one understands how it works. And yeah. I don't even think t- TikTok doesn't even understand it. But I just think, yeah, finding your audience and finding like the right ways to promote your music and um, the co- it's the constant pressure, honestly, to to post online and to come up with clever stuff to post on TikTok and like trying to be like funny and cool and like like it's um you know I was just telling one of my friends like that is the shittiest part to me right now of being an artist coming up in the industry 
even even a major artist who's already successful like they have to do it too they got to get in front of their right. phone and like yeah talk to their phone and like you know even like five years ago it didn't used to be that way yeah and i think you know i, don't, I think people are talking about it but i don't think enough people are talking about like how kind of like uh unrealistic it is to expect all this from artists and like it it almost makes it like cheapen the industry in a way to me yeah because like, i if I had it my way, I would just focus on writing really great songs and putting out great music and not having to spend mental energy being like, what should I post on TikTok today? You know? Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that really bugs me. So that's probably probably one of my biggest struggles, to be honest with you. Yeah. I like that aspect too. And as you were saying that with like how we get wrapped up in the media and whatnot, it like the word that I kept thinking of is like it dehumanizes it, ironically, you know, like you're putting a name you're putting a face on stuff but there are you know people didn't know who the weekend was like really until probably like four years ago maybe you know because he was one of those people that like didn't show his face and do a lot of interviews like he wanted his music to really speak for himself and like I think that's kind of right. like the gag you're trying to get to it seems like just letting the music really speak for itself. yeah yeah I have no interest in being like a social media influencer you know I have right. no interest in that <laughs> I, I just want people to like my music and like it because they like it not like it because they think I'm like cute or funny on TikTok you know and I right. think yeah exactly what you said about like the weekend like you'd never catch him on TikTok doing a trend because it's like it's just it's not what we signed up to do but unfortunately the way the industry has decided it works these days um, is that that is important because every label and executive I talk to is like, oh, like, yeah, you know, like the, the music sounds good, but like, what are you doing on TikTok? Like, what are your numbers like on TikTok? So that's just, unfortunately, I think it's just a reality that uh, everybody kind of has to deal with and, and navigate these days. But, but yeah, I think, um, and like you said before too, like the, it, it was just like, it was cooler to almost not know as much, you know, yeah. about an artist right. or not know as much about like these people who were stars. Cause that kind of like just, it fed into their persona and the mystery around them and the music. And now it's like, you know, you could go on TikTok and you could see Doja Cat, like blowing their nose. Like, and it's <laughs> just like, Oh, all right. Like it, it's, I guess, you know, she's a person just like us, but like, does that kind of ruin it for you in a way? Like, I don't know, yeah. something to think about. I mean, it makes me laugh. I'm not going to get, don't get me wrong. I think Doja Cat's hilarious on TikTok. But yeah, sure. I see what you mean. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I think she's funny, but also it's like, would would I be more into her and her music if I knew less about her? And I knew right. less about her, like, you know, quote unquote, personality in, in her day-to-day -day life. Right. Just food for thought. Yeah, totally. Well, Vince, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you coming on and talking about, you know, all the stuff you got going on. Before I let you go, before we wrap this up, why don't you let people know, like, where they can find you, where they can, you know, I'm not going to say it, but, you know, follow you on some platforms that we may or may not have bashed slightly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it's, yeah, I, I bash it, but it's only because, like, I, you know, I'm a little bit jaded, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be on there. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be on there pushing my stuff, so. Yeah. You can follow me at Vince Balmeri on TikTok, Vince Balmeri Music on Instagram, Twitter. It's all there. It's just Vince Balmeri on Spotify, Apple Music. I've got videos on YouTube you could check out. Um, and yeah, thank, thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it.
so I have Jaden Westland with me on the podcast. Jaden, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, and like we were just talking before we got on, we've had a little bit of scheduling issues before finally sitting down. So I'm glad this is finally happening. I know, me too. And I'm curious, the first thing I want to know about you is, I know a little bit about you from a previous person that I interviewed, Bryce Thomas, uh, Bryce Elizabeth, actually. And you are also somebody who is on the Cape and you're kind of working on establishing yourself or establishing yourself as a recording artist. So is music something that you want to pursue full time at this point? I've been very in and out of the thought of pursuing it full time. Um, I'm actually currently a gardening landscaper. So that's like my day job. I always say I'm like a landscaper by day and a musician by night. Um, But right now in my life, I'm definitely working towards like finding myself as an artist and kind of figuring out where I want to go with it. Um, I absolutely love writing music and putting out my own music and whatnot. So I would love to see myself eventually get to that point where I can use that as my career. I'm just kind of figuring out the steps to get there. So eventually, I definitely see it as a possibility to want to do that. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you're doing to kind of help you realize what it is you want to do? Like you said, you like writing. So I assume you must write like pretty consistently while you're you're not on your day job, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I like so I started writing when I was probably in like high school and I would start by just like we had like class projects in English or something and like you'd have to write a poem and I would literally turn it into a song and bring my guitar into class and kind of perform it so I started like with that so it was probably the easiest most successful way to do it Mm -hmm. and by like kind of finding myself I mean just as I get older with my experiences like dating especially dating like everyone goes through it like oh yeah that's where most of my inspiration comes from and just like the world changed so much and like and people and like my friends my family like there's so many different influences I have I have so much to write about like all the time so I Mm -hmm. constantly always have like my mind brewing but I typically try to write at least like one song a month because life gets crazy in general and whatnot and um I play out a lot as well so Mm -hmm. to balance like landscaping playing out and to just write music like it's definitely a lot to balance but I try to write as much as possible and I probably have about a hundred songs written in oh, wow. the span of in the span of like I don't know six years. Okay, that's like pretty that. good. Yeah, I was gonna. So. I thought you were about to say like a hundred in like a month, and I was gonna be absolutely astonished by that. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would be astounded by that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but you know, some people do that. Some people get paid the big right. bucks to do that kind of stuff. So I mean, you never know, you know. And if right. it sounds like if you were to carry the passion and the interest that you've had for so long, like you mentioned from your childhood, from high school, like you could definitely be writing full time, which sounds like something that it is, even if you're not singing, that sounds like something you'd be happy doing. Definitely. I always said like, if I had the choice to choose between like performing and to write, I would choose writing any day Mm because I kind of look at it as like, you can like take a song and do karaoke with it or sing someone else's song but it's so different to be able to write it from experience and to connect with so many people. Like obviously singers are very appreciated and I appreciate an amazing singer that can connect with the song I didn't even write, but to be the one like behind that, like making the magic is like the coolest thing to me, like to sit there and be like, wow, I can literally connect to like thousands of people with my own experience. And it's such a vulnerable, but like beautiful thing to me. Mm-hmm. Who are some of your, I'm curious now, like who are some of your writing 
or greatest like songwriting influences like artists too that kind of goes hand in hand but yeah do you have like any like musicians like that excel in songwriting that you really admire I really keep up with a lot of like new artists like in like I go to Nashville usually a couple times a year so I couple Mm -hmm. times a year I have a good friend that lives there and um so a new and upcoming um artist I love her name is Kylie Morgan she's Mm -hmm. on like the verge of pop country and she's just amazing like she has a beautiful voice and her character is just so well formed and she's very real and raw in her music um I definitely love her and then I love like Julia Michaels she's a a pop artist of course and then on more like the countryside um I really appreciate like Eric Church and Mm -hmm. like Miranda Lambert um Lainey Wilson she's like up and coming um and then probably like Kaylee Hammock she's also an up and coming female um country artist so right. I've got quite a few <laughs> <laughs> and you just disclosed basically your whole like genre right there is like you kind of float that line yeah. between country pop which I also noticed yeah because you do have a song that you put out I believe earlier yeah. this year in January called yeah. are you gonna mind so what was that experience like putting out a song it was different than I expected like I you always see on like social media like you follow your favorite influencers your favorite artists and you see them just be like hey go pre-save my song and this is gonna be when it comes out and you never see like the work put into it but like to actually step into a studio and like talk to someone about like what you want to give off for feeling up until like going online and like uploading that file and putting all the little details of even just like your title your name like your like the photo cover of it and it's everything is so much more complex than like I expected and a lot of people like you see on TikTok a huge trend is being like oh if I get like 3,000 likes on this video like I'll put this song out and it's actually like a fun fact you have to put your song on a release date a month before at least so when people post that to know that is so interesting it's like oh like as a musician I'm like now I know that like they, this is their teaser like they just want people to obviously pre-save and it's of course very helpful but it's little details like that I would never have thought about before so it's definitely like very interesting mm-hmm. right yeah it's interesting yeah like you said thinking about all the back-end stuff that people like me like I wouldn't right. know about that stuff like I've talked to a few artists here and there and we talk about like the song releasing process but as like somebody like yourself where you're really trying to establish yourself and put out your music for the right. first time that's like a lot to consider and a lot that you have to like take in definitely and to put something out like especially with that song like it's such a vulnerable song for me like I I wrote that off of like my most mature like relationship and mm-hmm. whereas this guy I was with him for a little over a year and just from when we dated like we were very very similar everything worked really well and he just broke up with me out of the blue and my whole point of the song was just like are you really going to care when I move on to someone else and he does all the same things blah 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 and it's to put something like that into a song that's so vulnerable and Mm. open is such a scary like feeling because you're just like I'm literally like and like my friends know who it's about like (laughs) he knows it's about him like it's a very like vulnerable place to put yourself in but it's also like the most amazing thing ever because other people feel that way yeah so it's very rewarding that must be like so awkward like if you were to like see him or something like that like it's the cape so it's a small place so you never know right oh I know I haven't really seen him out in public thank god but it's definitely <laughs> like I think about it I'm like like his family still has me on social media and like they right. they've probably heard it and we're like oh wow that was definitely like about him oh my god at the end of the day I 
I joke around. I'm like, you know, everyone calls me Taylor Swift, but in reality, every musician is Taylor Swift because we all write about our experiences and our exes oh, yeah. and whatnot. So. <laughs> That's awesome. And then what is, what is the reception been like to that song? Like you mentioned your friends and people have heard it like in your area, I assume. So what's it been like yeah. finally putting something out there? It's been really cool. I actually my goal with it was to get like a thousand streams in mm-hmm. general. Like I was like, I just want to reach a thousand times being played. That would just be like, that was my absolute goal. And I actually went on, there's multiple apps for like Apple, Spotify, Pandora yep. that are all like artist apps and you can, you know, log in, see your streaming, whatever. And the other day I actually went on Spotify and I'm at like 1000, like 39 streams. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and then I looked on Apple and I had like 500 on Apple and I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is so cool. Like I hit my goal and I've gotten, all my friends have been so supportive of it. Like they have, they've posted my song that they're, I'm actually wearing my merch right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I like, or did a whole order of merch and like did a logo and like, I really like, promote it as much as I could like locally like I'm not huge into social media like especially like TikTok I'm like an old lady when it comes to that I don't I barely know how to use TikTok so for like not really putting it out so much like social media wise I feel like I've gotten a lot of good feedback from my friends my family and even people that I meet out at my gigs and like strangers and whatnot so I feel like locally I'm I'm like very proud of those numbers even though they're small to other people they're like huge to me yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah. And then have you performed the song like around some of the spots that you usually perform in the Cape? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I um I started out going to open mics in general when I was a little bit younger when I was like 19. So I'll go to open mics now as well. And I'll mm-hmm. still I'll play that out. And typically when I play out at a bar, like at my own gig, I'll do probably like three or four originals like throughout the night. And I've definitely played that song like many of times and to promote it, it's a good way to kind of talk to the audience and say like hey yeah. you can actually find this on you know Spotify and Apple and it's been really cool to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Well you mentioned you perform a few other originals so are you thinking about putting more music out there maybe doing like a fuller project or something? Definitely I really want to look to do I want to at least do an EP probably like next winter. Um, I have so many songs I want to release so bad it's a lot of it's you know financial stuff it's expensive to do it and but I would love to all my music out if I could so I definitely want to work towards putting more out for sure right yeah definitely what are some uh like your favorite other songs to perform I'm assuming you do a lot of covers right yeah yep I'm kind of gosh I'm like all over the grid um (laughs) I do really anything from like pop country classic rock um I want to say my favorite songs are probably like drinking my hand by Eric Church Mm. my church by Maren Morris I love doing like Maroon 5. They're so much fun to do. And I'm trying to think like, I love to do mashups. That's like a huge thing <laughs> of mine. So I actually have a mashup of No Diggity um, and then Pony by Genuine and then oh Thrift Shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's a lot. It's like, it's more of like my like young crowd I'll do it with. And they are, they don't obviously care about <laughs> a, the raunchiness of some of those songs. But I also will do like some Britney Spears, like I'll like in sync, like I'll do mashups of like a bunch of different songs. So it's probably like my favorite to do. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> you say younger audience too. Are you attracting like older people at your gigs or is that just like a thing yeah. that the, or just something that like happens at the places you're playing? I assume right. just that kind of clientele. Um, 
Right. It's kind of both. Yeah. I do have, um, I play a lot at, um, Cohonga Public in Falmouth. That's like, mm-hmm. I've been playing there for probably four years and the audience like knows me there now. And like, there's it's a dive <laughs> bar and they have a lot of regulars that are in their forties, fifties, sixties, and they'll come right up to me and be like, Oh, like, how are you doing? And like, they'll kind of follow yeah. me there and whatnot. But that's definitely also a huge place where I have like a lot of my own friends come. So I, I get like a really good variety of people, like mm-hmm. anything from a kid, like a toddler up into <laughs> a grandparent. Like I try to accommodate everyone in my music and I, I love to have like a huge range. Like I want to be able to play anything and make everyone happy. So. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I want to bring it back to when you were talking about your friend in Nashville and going to Nashville often. Mm-hmm. Does that, I assume that must be a huge like creative boost like Nashville is music city like so many people come there to like build their careers and to collaborate so what is like what are some of the things you've taken away from that like talk a little bit more about like your Nashville trips oh my gosh it's literally my favorite city in the world um (laughs) I I can't even like express how like just magical it is being able to go there and just they have what is called like writer's rounds I don't know if you're familiar where a writer's round they actually have a lot in um more towards like the north shore now and like boston i've actually been playing a lot in them recently but i love going Mm -hmm. to writer's rounds because they're typically three to four people sitting on a stage and they're all playing music that they've written not necessarily they perform it could be one of eric church writers or like luke combs or maren morris or anyone and it's so cool being able to see these people that are either really successful or you see the up-and-coming artists like someone like me more on the the smaller fish in a big pond kind of deal and to see them like flourish with like all their music like that alone is so inspiring is to see people like take the subject of whatever it is whether it's a relationship or work or like a party or whatever it is and to see them all like rewrite it so many times and to bring like a new light to those like subjects is just that alone is like so inspiring to see that and to just see so much so many people grow now like I've met so many people there that like my good friend is friends with so like I've made so many connections through social media with them and like I've seen like so many of them like blow up or like (laughs) just flourish so much it's like so inspiring to see all that and I would of course like love to move there one day and also Mm -hmm. pursue writing as well Mm -hmm. yeah well like you said you already got the connects and you already seem to have your foot in the door there essentially so it feels like it could be a very easy transition (laughs) Definitely. It really is just like taking the time to, you know, save up to move and, you know, not feel like I'm too scared for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's tough, like making the jump, especially like when you're in your twenties, like early mid twenties and you're still trying to like figure things out. And like you said, you're still like figuring out how to balance your music with like your day job and things like that. So it can be a big jump and it can be scary. Definitely. And it's tough getting out of your comfort zone and I personally like love my day job like I love where I work and what I do so it's I think about it all the time I'm like man I like actually love my job and (laughs) it's not like very often people say that right so I'm always like so in between I'm like do I want to progress with this like this company and keep growing with them or do I go off and you know do my own thing and kind of start refiguring it out and restarting so it's always Mm. like scary to do that but I know at the same time like the day I make the move which I know I will eventually like it's going to be very worth it. And I know it's just like, got to get in your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talk about loving your job. Do your coworkers know about your music interests and your songwriting and stuff? 
Yeah, they actually, uh, my coworkers and like my manager have come out to my gigs before <laughs> and they're always like very supportive of that. Um, that was a huge part of when I, I started working at um, my current job a year ago and in my interview, I was like the one thing that like I put almost above everything is like my gigs. Like I need to play out in the summer. Like that's, you know, my second income and I just, I love it. And they were so accommodating to it. They were like, mm. do whatever you have to do. Just let us know like your schedule <laughs> and go for it. Like they're amazing with like supporting me and like not holding me back for, because of my day job. Like they're very understanding. It's something I like really appreciate because not a lot of jobs will do that. They want you to, yeah. Bend it, bend and break your back no matter what <laughs> so <laughs> like literally in your case because you work in landscaping too literally yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's so that's awesome yeah I love that you yeah. just brought up the idea like performing for the summer because I did go on your Instagram before we started and I saw you posted this really dope selfie and I think the caption was something <laughs> along the lines of can't wait to be like cheesing during summer gigs again so I can just, so I can true. just tell you're so ready for summer. Like, are you just itching to get back so out ready. there and play like those gigs? Absolutely. I have more gigs this summer coming up than I've ever had before in like one season. Like I think in June alone, I think I have 16 gigs and that's like not even fully like booked yet. Like I still have some places I'm waiting on dates and to be working like full time at my normal job and to have those like it's so like fulfilling for me. Like it's my absolute favorite thing. Like there's so many days I'll get out of work, like landscaping at four o'clock and I will literally drive to a gig to play five to eight. And like, Jeez. it's the longest day, but it is <laughs> like, so like, I don't know, it's moving so much. And like, I love the grind of it. Like it's, it's so like healthy for me to be so busy. Like I love it. Yeah. And that's and something living on the Cape is beautiful. Yeah, I was gonna say, and that's something people in your situation, like, they'll get it, like, they understand, like, this is something you're working for, of course, you're gonna, like, do a pull, like, a 12-hour day right. sometimes to, like, do what yep. you really want to do. Exactly, for sure, and I'm so lucky, because all the places I play, like, living on the Cape alone, it's so beautiful in the summer here, like, everything's flourishing, and just, like, the ocean, like, so pretty much every venue I'm at, it's just, mm -hmm. the view alone is just awesome, mm -hmm. like, I'm, like I'm going to be playing at the highest raw bar a lot this summer, every Friday, actually. And that's like one spot. I'm like, it's outside. It's just like the breeze, the water's right there. Like just mm. be able to do that. I'm like, I'm so lucky to like love my job that much <laughs> and to be able to enjoy it. You must get like more connections too. Like the Cape is such a big like summer spot, like we just said. So like you must get like a lot more like fans or people discovering you during the summer months too, I assume. Definitely. Yeah. And I always, I always carry like a bunch of business cards with me, but I definitely have a lot of people that would just come up to me and like leave a really nice tip and grab a business card and just to get like compliments from people, especially actually at the Hannah's Bra Bar, it's right next to a hotel. So, mm -hmm. so many people are checking in on a Friday night and staying for the weekend and they'll come down for a drink and they'll sit there and ask me a bunch of questions. And it's nice to be able, I'm such a people person. I love being able to interact with people and just talk to them about everything and anything so it's definitely very beneficial in that way you never yeah. know who you can meet oh yeah totally yeah <laughs> well Jaden thank you so much for coming on I really appreciate it um before we wrap this up why don't you let people know where they can like find your music follow you on social media maybe even throw out some yeah. other places you might be performing soon definitely um so my Instagram and my Facebook are both just Jaden Westland Music um J-A-Y-D-E-N and Westland just like how it sounds um, and then I have my single on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, like 
pretty much every streaming platform and it's the song is called are you gonna mind with a question mark in the end <laughs> and then this summer i will be playing at a ton of places including um well like i said the highest raw bar every friday night i'll be up at clean anchor in dennis port Southside cantina in dennis port co-op republic in falmouth and a bunch of other more places so if anyone follows my facebook page specifically i'll put all my events on there and it'll have everywhere i'm playing this whole summer so i'm excited yeah, yeah i think that's it <laughs> Well, awesome. Best of luck to you with everything. I'm excited for you to get back out there and just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and taking the time out of your schedule as well to talk to me about (laughs) it. I appreciate it very much. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. ASAP Rocky was arrested in connection with a 2021 shooting where he allegedly shot someone after getting into a fight. However, this didn't keep the rapper from attending Rihanna's baby shower, who's carrying Rocky's child. Rihanna is in her third trimester and has not revealed her due date or sex of the baby. Megan Thee Stallion claims Tory Lanez tried to pay her $1 million to cover up the fact that he shot her in the foot. In an interview with CBS Mornings, Megan said she initially told police she stepped on glass but wishes she told the truth. Lanez previously pled not guilty to charges associated with the incident. And Megan Fox did confirm that she and Machine Gun Kelly do drink each other's blood, but only for ritual purposes. The actress set the record straight by saying they only drink a couple of drops for certain occasions. Meanwhile, MGK revealed he's returning to rap music on his next album. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics with all new guests. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all. 